Let's get it. Welcome to Chalk Talk. I am your host, Jack Hampton. This is my co-host, Cooper Neal. What's up? What's up, Coop? How you doing, my guy? As always, surviving and thriving. How are you? I love to hear that. This is the first ever episode, and nothing has changed except the name. Y'all make sure to subscribe, as we're already up to 250 subscribers on Chalk Talk's YouTube page. We're live right now, every Monday and Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Central Time. We have so very much to get into today, including ranking this year's top five free agents as we're just three days away from free agency. We're also going to touch on Bronny James and where he is projected to land after his one year at USC this season. But first, Coop and I have some winners and losers from this year's NBA draft. Coop, give me two winners from this year's NBA draft. I'm going to start with a team that I know you're going to hate on. They're probably going to be in your loser category. That's always a good start here. Oh, it always is. And I'm doing it more or less just because different perspectives always bring bring out the best in things. So my number one winner, and they're not in this necessary order, but just the first winner that I'm going to discuss is the Dallas Mavericks. Um, Dallas did a lot on draft night. I thought they were one of the – aside from the Boston Celtics who somehow came away with no – like only one drafted player, um, they were very active on draft night, but so were the Boston, or the Dallas Mavericks. Um, they end up coming away with Olivier Maxence Prosper, who was on my list uh, of guys to watch out for. Um, and they also came with, away with Derek Lively. We'll get into that in a second. But they also dumped Davis Bertans, uh contract, which is huge. Trying to get rid of that thing is like a pain and suffering uh, in itself. But And they also got back Rashawn Holmes, who was, in a sense, also a dump from Sacramento uh, to Dallas. But Dallas's biggest issues last year, and you and I make fun of it all the time, Dwight Powell is their starting center. Um, <laughs> I'm not saying Derek Lively, the second, is going to be an incredible center in this league. I, I don't know if he's even going to be a mid-tier center in this league. I really don't know. Because mm-hmm. it's odd to compare a guy that had five points – on 60% from the field, which is incredible when he does it. But five points in college does not make me look at you and be like, oh, my God, you're going to be yeah. the best center five, in basketball. Five points on any level, bro. That's when I looked at you. I'm like, why? Yeah. And, by the way, I did see something while we're on the subject of the Mavericks. I do love this take. They almost had a DeAndre Ayton deal done. Thank God they didn't do it. Yeah. I like this way better than DeAndre Ayton. They were going to give up Tim Hardaway Jr. and Rashawn Holmes to get DeAndre Ayton in return. I think JaVale cool. McGee was thrown in that as well. Okay. But so, I'm glad you said JaVale McGee. So, their centers last year, their center rotation was literally Christian Wood, who I don't know if that's the next He will not center. be there next year. He won't year. be there. He's more of a power forward, stretch four, in my opinion. He doesn't rebound as well as most bigs, and he doesn't. He just doesn't play like a center. Um, but JaVale McGee and Dwight Powell are your basically center rotation. And Maxi Kleba, which he's an undersized center to begin with. You get a guy in Derek uh, Derek Lively who is seven foot. He's seven one, has a big wingspan. He can rebound, and he is a better defender. So if you're looking at it from a perspective of what holes did you need to fill, Dallas is where they need better players around Luka, one. They need rebounding, size, and defense. They fill all that with this guy. Now, I'm not saying this guy is going to be – you and I both have said Clint Capella would be the perfect fit alongside Luka. He's not Clint Capella. He's more of – if I had to compare him to a current-day NBA center, he's Mitchell Robinson. Mm-hmm. He's not going to score a lot, but he can block a lot of shots, and he can get a lot of rebounds, and he can anchor a defense. Aside from just him, Rashawn Holmes brings you a good lob threat. He's a, they're both great pick-and-roll guys for Luka, which in my opinion, I think if you're building around Luka, you want pick-and-roll centers – who can rebound and play defense. But the guy I love the most is Olivia Maxence Prosper. He is literally like P.J. Tucker or Dorian Finney-Smith. 
So if you're literally asking for a guy to play against Luka, it's a 3 and D wing, and I think this dude is a perfect 3 and D wing next to Luka. I, I like that take on it because the DeAndre Ayton thing, I would not have been a fan either. I think no, you can do better it. there. Um, I have seen in the recent days – Houston's a front runner for Dylan Brooks, right? But Dallas Perfect. has been a name murmured in there. And I would not hate that fit because they do either. need some perimeter defense badly with Kyrie Luke and Luka in that backcourt. Derek yeah. Lively, we'll see what he turns into. I don't think there's a lot of pressure in that pick because now you get Rashawn Holmes, a tradable piece to get a Clint Capella or a Nicholas Claxton possibly. But I'm going to give you my winner. Um, and this is a team that was in the top three, and that is the Portland Trailblazers. The fact that you get Scoot Henderson now tells me – even after the meeting they had on Monday, that they have a future in place. I saw a tweet on Twitter today, and it was asking, at what point is Damian Lillard being selfish with this? Everyone knows <laughs> Everyone knows that he needs to leave, right? Yeah. He's not only holding himself hostage because if he wanted to win a championship, I believe he would have been out of there, yeah. but he's also holding this team hostage. In what world does Scoot Henderson, Damian Lillard, Anthony Simons, and Shaden Sharp work in the same backcourt? It just does Doesn't. not. It's not possible. For a franchise, it's best if they move on from Damian Lillard. I understand if I'm the GM, Joe Cronin, whatever the hell his name is, why you want to keep him. You want to give him that respect for everything he's done for the franchise. But Damian Lillard, at what point is it too selfish from them? They're a winner of the draft because they have a future now. Yeah, and they picked a few more guys. I can't. I don't remember them off the top of my head. They weren't on my list, but like they picked a few guys in that draft. Like they came away with like f three or four rookies, I think, mm -hmm. and that's before UDFA's. I'm not gonna include UDFA's in this conversation, but like, yeah, I mean, Portland has been sitting in this limbo, and I limbo is the nicest word for it. In the past four years, exactly. like they they're occasionally getting into the back end of the playoffs. Damn, looks awesome in a few playoff series. They get pretty far. And then it's fade, fizzle out. Exactly. I mean, that's just literally the story that we've seen every year. And sometimes it's like this year. They don't even make it. So, like, mm -hmm. it's just one of those things that if I'm Damian Lillard, one, you're at the point of your career where, and we've said it probably 104 times to each other, his value is not ever going to be higher than it is right now. He came off the one of the most efficient seasons he had. and Off he, the highest scoring season. It's and crazy. It's, it's crazy because we're saying that, and he's, what, 32, 33? Right. Mm -hmm. So, like – if I'm him, I would want to move on and go try to win now because these guys are not win now. Scoot Henderson's going to take a minute to get good in the NBA mold. Yes, I think coming from the G League, it's going to help him, but like these guys take a second to get going. And Brian Windhorst had a fantastic point this morning. After the GM came out and said we're still committed to building around Dame, these other teams that were putting together deals for Damian Lillard have to move on. Yeah. The Miami Heat, a report came out today about them possibly waving Kyle Lowry because they can't use him in a Dame trade if Dame is not going to be traded. I do want to go to chat real quick and shout out Jawick, Michael, LL Shot 4050, my guy, NBA lover, Tyrone Sports, and Dre 2K Clips. I am so thankful to see some familiar faces in here, and I can't wait for the original content we got coming. Y'all make sure to leave a like on stream. Really appreciate you boys so much. You got a loser you want to talk about? I do. I actually have two losers. I didn't mention my second winner. We can get back into that setting. Um, my first loser is the Magic. And I'm not saying the Magic because I don't like who they picked. I don't like who they picked in regards with what they needed. Right. I literally said Anthony Black was my number four player overall, and they got Anthony Black. So I'm not upset about Anthony Black. I'm sitting here, I'm like, you have Cole Anthony, you have Jalen Suggs, you have Markel Fultz, you have Gary Harris, and now you're adding Anthony Black into that? 
What are what are that you doing? Make a lot of sense. Like, are you who are you trading? Because yeah. you're not playing all five of those dudes. There's not enough minutes in a game to play five point guards that need the ball in their hand. Mm-hmm. Like that just makes zero sense. And then on top of that, at pick eleven, you have guys like Grady Dick sitting there, who's probably one of the better sharpshooters in in this draft. You have guys like Keontae George, guys like if that's what you were aiming for as far as shooting, they go Jet Howard. I don't hate the pick. I like Jet Howard. I don't like the fit with the Orlando Magic. I didn't understand any, either of these two picks by Orlando, and, and that's the reason why they're on my loser list because where do they fit in on this roster? And then not a, not even a week, like a few days after the draft, we see things where it says the Magic were in serious con- uh, conversations about trading away Franz Wagner. Why? Right. <laughs> I, mean, don't, and, I had no clue what Magic were doing. And, and the rumor to possibly add Austin Reeves to the litany of names you already yeah. just mentioned. They're m- rumored to offer him four years, $100 million, which he deserves, but it just doesn't make sense in Orlando for me. I have two kind of quirky losers, and then I have a player I'll mention later once we get through years. Um, but obviously, blockbuster trades. I think that was the yeah, biggest was, loser. The fans NBA were draft. also a loser. Yes, yeah. Fans wanted to see the blockbuster trades. Unfortunately, none of them happened last Friday. But another one. In my opinion, it's ESPN yet again. I swear to God, it was how many family members could be interviewed. J.J. Redick was fantastic, but bro literally had no time to talk. I told you J.J. looked like he was about to cry the entire second round of that (laughs) Exactly. He hated his life. And the fact that a typical viewer that does not keep up with the NBA had no idea that Cameron Whitmore had fell from 5 to 20 because they never talked about it because they were interviewing moms and dads. Is ridiculous to me. Yeah. I, I love TNT so much, but ESPN, you got to get your shit together. ESPN has sadly, and I'll bring in NFL even, ESPN is just garbage when it comes to some of these big things. Like, obviously, they're the worldwide leader in sports, but, like, when it comes to Sunday night or Monday night football or whatever it is, that's the worst, like, broadcast of a game I've ever seen in my life. That's why everybody loves Peyton Manning and Eli Manning's cast. That Hire, is, hiring Joe Buck and Troy Aikman was huge. It helped, but nobody still watches it. Everybody's no. watching the Manning cast. Exactly. That's the best thing that they've done, and that's not even ESPN, like ESPN 1. And then you get to the draft, and you're sitting here, and you're like, you have sports people like that are higher up than we are complaining about ESPN's yes. broadcast. And the fact that they have two broadcasts, one on ABC, who is – all about the backstory of the players. It's something that your girlfriend wants to watch the NBA draft on, even though my girlfriend probably doesn't want to watch the NBA draft. And then you switch to ESPN, and they're still interviewing family members. I'm like, what the hell is yeah. this? It was honestly probably better to watch like a YouTube live of the entire draft. Yeah. Like I know you were shout out through the, through the wire. wire. Yeah, yeah. I needed the TV and just had through the yeah. wire on. It was ridiculous. My other loser. I already mentioned the fans. That's just a funny one. But the Wizards. Um, <laughs> I'm so glad you brought them up, dude. Dog. All right, so the Wizards started out. They picked two of my favorite players in this draft. They picked Jarris Walker and they picked Trace Jackson Davis, who was literally like the second or third pick to the end, and he could have went like people had him ranked top twenty, right? And he w- went at like fifty six, fifty seven, and they traded both of those two guys away for Bilal Kulabi. Kulabali? I don't know how to say his name. Yeah, I don't know. You know who I'm talking yeah, about. The dude that also averaged five points. Yeah. Um, and Tristan Vucevic, and I'm sorry, I don't I don't know who Tristan Vucevic is. He could be really good, but we watched him, and I was like, oh, he looks like Luca Garza. So they traded away the guys that I'm like, these dudes are going to compete in the NBA, play really well, for two guys that I'm like, I don't even know if those guys will last. It, this literally feels like a Denny of Dia pick again, where everybody's like, dude, who, why are you taking Denny of Dia? Right. Like, 
I just don't comprehend the Washington Wizards on draft night. I just don't. I don't either. I will give them this, though. They did recover with that Jordan Poole trade. You, lots of, the, lots the, of trades. The thing they were looking forward to, especially after the return they got on Beal, is just something to cling on to. I think Tyus Jones and Jordan Poole in that backcourt definitely helps out a little bit. But draft, yeah. yeah. I didn't understand it one like, bit either, bro. I will be the first to admit – we got people in here that have been with us since day one. I, y'all know me. I'm the first to admit if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. If Bilal, and we're just going to say Bilal C right now because yeah. I don't know how to pronounce that last name. I did take three years of French. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, that's uh, the fact that you took three years of French. Makes that's it just a lot of letters, I'll be honest. <laughs> um, he could turn out to be really awesome. Facts. I mean, Wimby literally said he's a top five player, but how much am I taking? He, that's his teammate. Of mm. course he's going to say that. This kid plays really well like in the games that we've seen. I just don't know how much I really trust that to translate. But then again, nobody's going to watch because it's the Washington Wizards. Exactly. So it doesn't really matter. But I thought the Wizards were just outrageously bad on draft night. I completely agree with you. And my final loser is Cam Whitmore. I really? think he's the guy that would have excelled in a good system. And going to the Houston Rockets is not the best system right now. <laughs> not only that, the money lost. He lost $3.5 million. Let's say... If he would have went what he was projected, maybe you know top five is probably the peak of power. For yeah, him. probably more. Yeah, probably eight to, eight to twelve. Range. Eight to twelve range. If he would have went that, but if he would have went five, that's six million. He would have got. Now he he was at twenty. He's receiving two point six million dollars his first year, which is three and a half million net loss. I think I mean, that is unfortunate. I'd take two point six million dollars. I would unfor- I would definitely NBA team. I would so unfortunately like- take it. I would definitely take it too. But like three honestly, and a half honestly, on the table was crazy. Uh, opposite perspective, you could look at it as this kid's going to be like, oh, my gosh, I just fell from 10 to 20. I'm about to go prove to them why I'm not 20. Like, I can look at it in that perspective and be like, now he has a chip on his shoulder that you couldn't have taken if you get picked seven or eight. I also look at it that Dylan Brooks is going to be his veteran his rookie year. Let's let's pray that that doesn't happen to this poor kid. Because that'll ruin Amin Thompson, too. Yeah, so. I know it will. Um, I also want to mention, you know, you and I have been having an ongoing argument oh, um, since last Why offseason. the hell do we have to bring this up? We're not talking about John Collins' trade. Okay. They were my number one draft winner, the Utah Jazz. They got Taylor Hendricks out of UCF. They're there. Who was a top ten guy on my board. Mm-hmm. They got Keontae George and Bryce Sensenbaugh out of – Keontae George out of Baylor and Bryce is out of um, Ohio State. Those were guys that were in my top 18. They got three of my top 18 <laughs> – and like it was nothing. And you're talking about they were mentioning trading away Colin Sexton. Bryce Sensenball can easily be a Colin Sexton replacement. If you wanted to get rid of Jordan Clarkson, you have Keontae George who can be that replacement. This young team that we're seeing the Utah Jazz build, which is why I mentioned them as my offseason winner last year, because mm-hmm. if they hit on picks, it could work out. Now the John Collins trade makes absolutely zero sense. That, that would probably dock them. Yeah. I wrote this before that John Collins trade. But – the team that we're seeing form right now with Ochai Abaji, Keontae George, Lori Malkinen, um, Taylor Hendricks, Walker Kessler, like that team, that team's forming. And it looks really nice on paper. Two things. Draft-wise, completely agree with you. I had a poll on the Hampton Sports Community page, and it was it was that very question. Utah was involved in it. It was besides the Spurs. I think Portland ended up winning it. Utah was yeah. on there for sure. Draft-wise, I love it. John Collins, I'm not going to beat up too bad because you gave up nothing. You the, gave up Rudy Gay. Rudy bro. Gay and a second-rounder. <laughs> However, I would have loved them to, even now, package a ton of picks for Golden State who needs them 
make a run at Jonathan Kaminga and, and kind of build around that young core. I do want to go and chat real quick because um, I, I asked, I posed a question, who lost this year's draft? And Kevin said the Lakers, which is funny, but also crazy credo, an old friend. Episodes ago, you and I talked about moving in together, and he gave us shit for it. We are moved in together. Yeah, this is this, this is, is a, crew. This, this is the uh, set in the this new, is it right here. This in is the new apartment. We sleep. I sleep on the floor. He sleeps on the couch. This is our crew right here. This imagine, little corner. Imagine. It's <laughs> a light shut off, but it is what it is. Yeah. Um, the um, what was I gonna say? We do have separate bedrooms. Though. We do. We do have. Separate Actually, bedrooms. it's kind of spacious. I, I like see you try to sneak in at night. Creeps me out every now and then. But I mean, you got your thing, bro. You Fun got fact: your my thing. door doesn't even lock. So your door doesn't yeah. even lock. Oh, I, don't, I don't, don't think know. mine does either. Um, but let's get into this Marcus Smart trade. I, I do kind of want to tell the story of how this happened <laughs> as we uh, try to. Yeah, you just yeah. There it goes. There it goes. Uh, you and I, I. I think I was on a date. This happened Saturday night, right? Yeah. yeah, all right. So I was on a date. No, it was Wednesday night. It was last Wednesday night because it was before the trip. Yeah, because I had ran to my parents' house. I was on the first date of the week. And Wednesday night, I had a girl over watching Netflix, chilling, vibing. And I think, did you call me? I called you. I get a call from Cooper because it was like 11 o'clock. He wasn't home yet. So I was like, what the hell is he doing? And I answered the phone. And I was like, yo, and Marcus Smart, Marcus Smart, just screaming it over and over. And then I start with the Boston accent, screaming it back. I'm like, what did we give up? What did we give up? And this is what happened. Three-team trade. Obviously, the Chris Stapps deal earlier in the day had fell through. Celtics got Chris Stapps, Porzingis, and two of Memphis's first-round picks. Grizzlies got Marcus Smart, obviously. And the Wizards got Tyus Jones. Danilo Gallinari, Mike Muscala, and a second-round pick. At first glance, I saw a lot of hate for our Grizzlies giving up two firsts and Tyus Jones. They're second-round picks. The two firsts are later in the 20s, basically second-round picks. And Tyus Jones for Marcus Smart, I would do 100 times out of 100. GM Zach Kleiman has been off after Smart, a guy that look can look jaw in the face and say, what the hell are, what you, are you doing? doing? Not only that extremely versatile in lineups as yeah. well. With Ja out, he's going to be able to play the one, and he's going to be able to play alongside Ja. So I, I love it. And also, small market team, getting a guy under contract is huge. Yes. And he's also that. Give 1, me your reaction. Um, obviously, my reaction was pretty wild because I, I just called him. I was like, bro, Tyus Jones, <laughs> he's going. I was like, what are we getting? What are we getting? I mentioned Jalen Brown, and Jack was like, calm down, Cooper. We're not getting Jalen Brown. <laughs> yeah, no um, way. But – Obviously, Mike is smart, is now a Grizzly. Um, I think – I can't remember his last name, but Gary uh, – no, I'm blanking on it. Gary Parrish. Gary Parrish said it best. Like, to all the fans out there that were like, we gave up two first-round picks. Guys, our pick was 25. That is – the f- number five pick and the number 25 pick in the first round of the draft are two very different picks. Not many number 25 overall picks hit. And they went through the Grizzlies, like, record of picking at 25. It was, like, Jarnell uh, Stokes or whatever out of Tennessee. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they were just – Jarrell Martin. They were like, dude, no pick at 25 for the Grizzlies ever worked out. And you can't tell me that a pick at 25 is going to be better than Marcus Smart. And he was like – and the pick next year for the Warriors, the Warriors are probably also going to be in late 20s. You can't tell me that pick is going to be better than Marcus Smart. And then uh, Simmons came on the next day. And he was like, y'all are about to get the best version of Marcus Smart you've ever seen because he is pissed that he got traded away. So I think hindsight being what it is, we're going to look back a year from now and be like, dude, Marcus Smart just, like, saved the Grizzlies. Exactly. Because 
I know all the Tony Allen stuff's been out there, but you were obviously in on Draymond Green. The reports came out after we made the deal for Marcus Smart. You were wanting a guy like this. And you got Marcus Smart, who in my opinion is probably a little bit He's not going to get kicked out of games as often as Draymond Green will. So, and but he has that same mentality. A lot more versatile too, yes. with all the lineup shifts that we go into. Yes. Dylan Brooks. Out of all the madness that happened in him, we did lose perimeter defense. That was the number one glaring thing we needed. We get an effing defensive player of the year yeah. in return, and then we have another one manning the paint. That's ridiculous. Not to mention, he's not going to take nearly as many shots as Dylan no. Brooks. He's a veteran presence with playoff experience. You mentioned yep. the Tony Allen thing. Who else was 29 years old that got traded from the Celtics to the Grizzlies? That was Tony Allen. After but, being in the finals and playing at Oklahoma State and having off-the-court issues. Exactly. I think it's a perfect fit. Memphis will rally around him. And 100%. not only that, we have a respectable voice in the locker room. I think it's fantastic. From a Celtics side of things, I was going back and forth with the Celtics fan uh, on TikTok the other day, and he had made the point. Yes, Jack, you're right. We we lose perimeter defense, but we needed half-court help so bad, and I think Chris Stapps gives us that, and this team is not done yet. I'm going to hold the Celtics to that. I think they address kind of what they lost in Smart a little bit in free agency, but also at the same time, if Chris Stapps can play 70-plus games like he did last season, I think it's a huge help. So as far as Boston goes, obviously, I think not even the perimeter defense is as big of a loss as is Marcus Smart. For the culture. I right. think that is a bigger loss than his defense. Because um, Marcus Smart didn't play as well as even a Derek White did last year. I'll even admit that. But you just lose a heart. And I feel like that's more important than the perimeter defense, the 10 assists to zero turnovers in whatever game it was against Miami. Like, the heart of the team is what I feel like matters more. And what this is Jason Tatum's team now. Like, it, you have to you have to take every aspect of what it means to be a team leader. Mm-hmm. Um as far as Chris Tass goes, I, I think it's more or less they're looking at Al Horford and they're like, this dude's 38 years old. His minutes have been declining every every single year. I know that's not talked about very often, but, like, you got to remember that he is 38 years old. So I think getting a guy like Chris Tapps that can back up, that can, if Robert Williams is hurt or Al Horford's hurt, he can slide into either of those positions and he can play next to either of those guys. I think that the versatility that he brings, both offensively and defensively, because he's no slouch defensively. I mean, he's 7'4". Um, but yeah, offensively, I'm so curious to see how that team plays. Especially because you saw Al Horford go on a hot streak, but not make a three for six games yeah. in the playoffs. It was so inconsistent. You have shooting with the big man there. And I think Boston fans are really excited to see Derek White get more, absolutely more time because Derek White played awesome. He was one of their better guys. And I think, I think, to be fair. If I'm not a Celtics fan by any stretch of the imagination, but if I was a Celtics fan, I would have preferred the Malcolm Brogdon trade because you didn't give up anything. You Malcolm Brogdon, you were not attached to him. Exactly. And obviously, if you knew he was injured, right. <laughs> say no more, but obviously that didn't go through. Grizzlies fans are really happy that the trade didn't go through because I think Marcus Smart benefits our team more than Tyus does right now. Yeah. Um, but I think Boston should be I don't understand their infatuation with Chris Stapps. He played one of the best seasons he's had in a while last year. That goes under the radar. But I'm curious to see the fit. And the number one question I ask, does it convert to winning? And it's in Washington. How many players can average 20 points a game for the Wizards right now? I think <laughs> Jordan. Yeah, I think Jordan Poole can. I do want to address something in chat because our, our buddy LL Shot 4050 along with uh, other people in chat are talking about W Riz. Let me tell you some L Riz I had over the weekend. Oh, God. Same girl as Wednesday night, Saturday night. We're in downtown Memphis having a great time. Just eating food, 
Having chilling. a little drink, chilling. I drive like a relatively newer Mustang. It's not brand new, but it's only a few years old. And I get out to my car. I've known something is like not right. I've kind of murmured to myself about it. I get out to my car, and we're just beginning of the night, 9 o'clock. We're about to hit another spot before we go back home. Get into the car, put it in reverse. Oh, I put it in reverse, Terry. And I go to, like, brake to, you know, turn the wheel the other way, and the brake brakes are completely shot. Like, I'm pushing the pedal down to the floor, and there's nothing there. And I look over to her. I'm like, oh, my God. We can't go anywhere. We got an Uber 30 minutes home, and that's exactly what we did. I'm freaking out. I, t- I took my car in. Or, no, no. I tried to go get it because my car was stranded overnight there. Sunday, it's undrivable after I put brake fluid in it. Had to get it towed all the way out, and now to this day, I don't have my car. But put L's it, in the check for Jack yeah, car. Yeah, she she wasn't mad that we ended up having a great night. Thanks to you. Yeah, he called me while I was at a wedding for two of my good friends. Um, he was like, "Hey, I left my keys in my car." And then <laughs> he he responded me. with DJ Khaled lyrics. He was screaming in the background. <laughs> and I was like, "Are you home?" <laughs> I was chauffeuring everybody to that from that wedding too. Yeah. I had I won't name how many people I had in the car just because y'all were lit. legality reasons. <laughs> y'all were lit. For I was sure. fine. Yeah, I was chauffeur. You were chauffeur. I was driving Miss Daisy. Times like eight. What? <laughs> Hopefully, I get my car back. Yeah. God damn. Hopefully, you get your car back. All right. Anyway, send another trade. Chris Paul. He's Still heading on. to Golden State in exchange for Jordan Poole, Ryan Rollins, uh, first rounder, and a second rounder. Uh, I've seen a lot of people break this down as trading a 24 year old for a 39 year old. One, this was not that. This was a money offload. You, Jordan Poole's brand new $100 million plus extension kicks in next season. They didn't want that on the books. They want to keep their heads under these new CBA rules, and they're not the only team trying to do that, as we've talked about. But, you know, adding Chris Ball, another veteran president, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. You don't have money tied up in Jordan Poole anymore. Jordan Poole is a liability. Not just defensively. He was a liability. Offensively. He's your favorite player. No, he was not. He's never been my favorite player. He's not even my least favorite player on that Warriors team. Klay Thompson was trying to take that cake for a while now. But I would prefer Klay Thompson on my team. Like that, I, I just hate playing against him. Jordan Poole was horrible. Mm-hmm. He was bad. Yeah. I mean, he was nowhere near the caliber of player that earned a $100 million contract. Because I do believe he earned that $100 million contract I do going in. But... They also needed to get rid of him, more or less. I think the locker room, they didn't let on as much as they did, but that Draymond punch was definitely the punch hold around the world. And this was a choice between Draymond or Jordan Poole. You choose a four-time champion every single time. Every time. And I've seen another argument I've seen about people hating on the Chris Paul, because I think it's popular as hell to hate on this Chris Paul trade. I don't understand why. But, you know, they they play at a faster pace. Chris Paul is a half-court player. That's okay, but it's also an asset because it's an expiring contract. It falls off the books for you yeah. instead of being tied up with Jordan Poole. So, one, it's an asset, and two, you get off of all that money. I also want to put it out there. Every team that Chris Paul has gone to, their record has improved the very next year that he's been there. Every single yeah. year when he went to the Hornets. Well, I think they were the Hornets when he yeah. went there uh, originally. Um, when he went to the Hornets. They were improved. When he went to the Clippers, they improved. When he went to OKC, they improved. The Rockets, they improved. Phoenix literally went to the dang championship the very next year that he got there. And I'm not saying, like, he's going to be the reason that that culture changes. I think the culture in Golden State is pretty strong as it is. But this team was barely 500 last year. Like, I don't don't want people to forget that. That Warriors team was not good. Golden State has been a dynasty 
but this team was 8-30 and 30 on the road. Chris Paul could possibly help with that if somebody goes down. And it's not like CP has to play 35 to 40 minutes a night. He no. has to play 20 to 25, and he'll be fine. I really don't hate the fit here. I'll be completely honest. Yeah, exactly. I don't. I don't hate the fit at all. I think – and I'm just curious more or less to see how Steve Kerr plays it. Because, I mean, you could play it really small where you start Chris Paul, Curry mm-hmm. at the two, Clay at the three, Draymond at the four, and then obviously Kevon Looney, which is super small. Right. Uh, even down to Draymond, who's six seven, having a six seven forward feels like that's a that's a shooting guard in some teams now. Mm-hmm. Um, so they'll be, they can be really small, but I think that team – offensively is going to be lethal, whether they play him off the bench or whether they start him. Yeah, exactly. Um, appreciate you, Daily Shores, by the way. Appreciate everybody being in here for the first ever one. We're going to be back here Thursday at 5.30. And you ready to get to our top five free agents? Let's get to our top – oh, I'm so ready for this. Oh, I know. You're not ready. You're just going to be blasphemous. We're going to save it's yours. It's not going to be blasphemous. We're going to save yours for last. I'll go through mine first. All right, go through yours. All right. We're going to start at five and count down to one. All right. Number five, Jeremy Grant for the Portland Trailblazers. I'm not going to explain every one of these. I'm just going to say them. Yeah. Number four, Fred Van Fleet, solid Ooh. point guard for the Raptors. Number three, Harrison Barnes. Wow. Over. Okay. Yes. Over, over Fred. Fred. Over Fred. Oh. Yes. I think Harrison the, Barnes didn't even make my list. The point guard market is just not that good right now. I agree. Number two, Chris Middleton. Okay. Number one, James Harden. Did not mention Draymond. Because at the time of this list, uh, the he was rumored to go back to the Warriors. Now it just keeps flip-flopping, so I, I took him out of it. Now, I purposely did not include Kyrie Irving because of what he does for team success. You saw it at Dallas. You saw it at Brooklyn. You saw it at Jason Tatum's rookie year. Did not include Kyle Kuzma. I just think his talent compared to the people in my top five was not good enough. Obviously not Jakob Pertl, and for damn sure did not include Brooke Lopez. No, I didn't have Brooke Lopez either. So, I'll preface my list, and then we can kind of argue, do our thing. I didn't put people that I figured they were going back to their team on a cheaper deal. Okay. So, that already excludes Chris Middleton, Draymond, James Harden, even Kyrie. So, I automatically took all those guys out because, hey, I want to talk about the guys that I think actually impact winning. And Got you. So, that's how I did mine. So, number five is Josh Hart. Um, I, do, I think, to an extent, he probably fits in the mold of he's going back to his team, but in this – in the case that he doesn't go back to New York, I'm looking at him like a Bruce Brown from last year. This guy needs to get paid. He's one of the better rebounding guards and forwards, and I think he impacts winning. I really do. Um, my next one, a guy you also didn't mention, is Austin Reeves. I think Austin Reeves, he's probably going back to the Lakers, but the Lakers really just don't have enough money to keep everybody that they're saying they're going to keep, and I think they're going to fumble the bag like they did with Caruso and Kuzma all those years ago and lose him, and I think he's going to make an impact on whatever team he goes The to. Lakers, it did come out. It did come out yesterday. They want to keep They're going to match anything. They would match a four-year $100 million Oh, game. I know they will, but then they can't do anything else, so they lose all their other free agents. So, like, I mean, I understand that, but I put him on there because he does need to be mentioned because he did – Man, he busted our ass. Like it He's was the nice. one I would pay over Rui Hachimura. They, oh, I, they have to make that decision. 1,000%. At three, I do have Kuzma because um, I feel like Kuzma, There's a he can fit on a lot of different teams, but offensively we see what he can bring, and it's just more or less can he rebound and defend at a reasonable level for a winning team. I don't want to see him on another winning team because that Lakers team, I know everybody talks about the bubble. They did have to work to get get that victory. So you do have to remember that he is a champion, but I put Kuzma at three. Number two is Bruce Brown. Um, Bruce Brown about to get paid. Like, I'm not saying it's going to be no 20 mil or something like that, but Bruce Brown's definitely getting at the the peak of the mid-level exception, which is like 12-2. 
probably to 18. Bruce Brown got himself paid in that finals, and I think that's kind of the mold I was trying to go with his top five because, like, that's a guy that, when in doubt, you look down at the crucial moments in the game, he's the one diving on the floor. He's the one draining a three because Jokic got him wide open. He's the one stealing the ball from Jimmy Butler. Like, I just felt like he was always around the ball. He was making when he plays. And then at number one, I put Fred Van Fleet because I do feel like Freddie – Fred's a better defender than I think people give him credit for. He is super small. But, like, I feel like if he goes to the right team, like, say say a Dame trade never happens. If he goes up to a Miami and he's with Jimmy and Bam, I love that fit. Or even, say, Chris Middleton doesn't go back to the Bucks. If he ends up with Drew Holiday and Giannis, I like that fit. Like, I feel like he fits on a lot of teams. I think the Miami thing is a serious thing to watch out for. I, I was talking earlier in the pod about the Damian Lillard offer teams have to move on because they yeah. can't wait on him forever. Miami's going to move on. The reason they want to waive Kyle Lowry is to get Fred Van Fleet, I think. Number two, you had Bruce Brown, and I love that. I feel like people, like, when he was in Brooklyn, think he was some type of commodity that was just weird, a 6'4 center. One, he played point guard in college. He did in Detroit. And now you see what he can be off ball. Yes, Nikola Jokic elevates everyone around him, but he was the one making the winning plays. That's why I love Marcus Smart in Memphis. I feel like he's the same kind of guy. Cut yes. from the same cloth. Bruce Brown did get himself paid. Fred he's the Van guy Fleet. that dives on the ground. Exactly. I mean, like, there's not – like, I understand NBA players play hard, but there's a difference between a guy that will literally throw his entire body to win a game versus the guy that's just like, all right, I'm cool. I don't hate your list. I literally have nothing to argue about because I just think it's two different perspectives. Yeah. Um, you know, Harrison Barnes and Josh Hart, they're in that same category Jeremy for me. Jeremy Grant even. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, Jeremy Grant, if I had to take someone out of my top five, he was at number five for me, I would I'd put Josh Hart over Jeremy Grant. Now that I, think I'm I, I do think, like, I broke my own rules here because I do feel like Josh Hart and Austin Reeves, who are at the bottom of this list, they probably will probably be in the same jersey that they were last year. I feel like both of them just opted out, or in uh, Josh Hart's case, he opted out just to get a bigger contract with the Knicks. But – Austin Reeves really has no choice. Like if the Lakers re if the Lakers match it, you're in a Lakers uniform again. Now he's gonna accept an offer when he gets it. I, I fully believe it's gonna be like the Pacers with DeAndre Ayton. He'll exactly. get an offer and the Suns will match it. Exactly. Yeah. And the Lakers will be dumb not to. Exactly. Like I, I hold if the Lakers do not bring him back, they are dumb. That's why I put him on this list because I don't say that about many players, but he flat out was your second best player behind Anthony Davis in those in some of those playoff games. Um, I do want to give a shout out to LL Shaw forty fifty. He goes crazy to think that neither of you thought the Nuggets would win the chip. You said at the beginning of the pod, we both admit when we're wrong. We do. I will definitely stand by that. We were one hundred percent wrong about that. I would like to point out you might need to go check the receipts because I did pick the Nuggets and then I changed up like a week and a half later. But I did pick the Nuggets originally. When we picked them like mid season, it was before the Kevin Durant trade because you asked me. You I asked, remember. You asked me like I two weeks before the Kevin yeah, Durant trade. I remember. Kevin Durant trade happened. I was like, ah, oh, the Suns. Started the nice. playoffs. To be fair, no, no not at the start of the playoffs. Neither of us. Neither of us. Yeah, neither of us. But um, then we started slowly but surely believing as soon as we started watching because we were like, my god, exactly. they're not losing. Now we're on the topic of DeAndre Ayton. We're talking about him and and him getting matched last year. There's a new report that came out from Bleacher Reports. Chris Haynes saying Phoenix is moving forward with a plan to keep center DeAndre Ayton on the team. The Suns believe Ayton's value to the franchise is at an all-time high with the additions of Beal and Durant. Phoenix wants to see them play together. Obviously, average 18 points, 58% shooting, 10 rebounds last regular season. 
But in the playoffs, 13 points, 9 rebounds, 55% from the field for a 7-footer. Um, He's one of the best centers in the league, Jack. Yeah, I don't understand this. You have all that money tied up in four guys who all need the ball in their hands to be at their peak of powers. One, I have no problem with the big three. That was a lesser of evils that they had a choice to make with Chris Paul. And then DeAndre Ayton I do have a problem with. You could trade that and fill out this roster. Now, I have no idea how the hell they're going to fill out this roster. It's going to remind me of the Lakers with Russ and AD a couple of years ago because yeah. it's going to be really hard with all the money tied up in those four assets to do it. I would deal DeAndre Ayton now. I would have dealt him immediately after you signed him last year. By the way, that Maverick Suns trade that I talked about for DeAndre Ayton, the Suns were the one that didn't accept it. I would accept it in a heartbeat, get Tim Hardaway Jr., Coming off your bench, you just need depth at this point. You like you're not going to be able to fill out a roster with vet minimums. Exactly, like a like a championship roster. Mm-hmm. Let me put that out there, right? Because like that team is very top heavy. Mm-hmm. You just need to trim around the hedges, and I think the easiest way to do that is get rid of DeAndre Aiden. You don't need a center that can score. Mm-hmm. You need a center that can set screens, get rebounds, and anchor a defense. I'm not. I was going to say Brook Lopez, but he actually can score really well. He's probably a better version of DeAndre Aiden or right. what DeAndre Aiden wants to be. But you just need a center that can get rebounds. Exactly. They're, that's not DeAndre Ayton. Like, he'll get rebounds, but he's he also wants to shoot the ball mm-hmm. ten times a game. I, I do want to approach a chat question real quick. Celtics fan asks, what's y'all's opinion on the Pistons core? I love talking about them in my recent video just because you and I thought they were that fun league pass team last year. I think they will be that this year now with the Thompson twin, Kate Cunningham back healthy, um, Jalen Duran in his second year, same with Jaden Ivey. I can't wait to see what they have because you're really starting to see what they can be in the future. I think you have all the right pieces. Uh, get the hell off of Killian Hayes, and I think you're golden. Yeah. They need to also figure out their big man rotation because they have a lot. Yeah, they Marvin Bagley, James Wiseman. Beef Stew. Yeah. There, too. Well, who's the other? Yeah. I think that's the three. Jalen Duran is the fourth. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. They just have a lot of guys. <laughs> yeah, they, they definitely – I think they can trade that. Another thing I would move off of is Bojan Bogdanovic. His value is extremely high, and with all the wings they already have, I don't think Memphis. you need him. Hey, I, I would take him in a heartbeat. I would take Bojan. Real quickly, Nas Reed extension, three years, $42 million. My first reaction to this was not like, oh, my God, Nas Reed is returning. It's, oh, my God, Carl Anthony Towns is out of there because they now have $443 million invested in the front court alone Carl Anthony Towns will be gone and that's not even like one of the best center rotations yeah like that's really not yeah like I would rather I would honestly rather take a lot of the teams over that center for rotation. sure for like, sure Rudy Gobert and Nas Reed are just not striking fear in the hearts of anybody they go against I would have preferred Nas Reed to move on to a different team because I feel like he is better than just a backup center um, but yeah, four hundred forty-three million dollars in centers. I, I more. I share that preference with you. He's definitely a starting caliber center. Yeah. Uh, Dallas, hello, Would've could have awesome. used him. Um, Phoenix, I think, not even for the money, just the fit alone is better than DeAndre. Agreed. But it is what it is. You ready to get into our segments? Let's get into it. All right. Jack in the box. We'll start with true and false questions. Chat. Be sure to help Cooper out. He's gonna need it with these. Five true or false statements. Give them to me. The Rockets got the steal of the draft. Obviously, Cam. Cam Whitmore. True. It's one of them. I mean, dude, you get a guy. I don't care. I've heard from medicals to he blew all of his interviews. I don't care what that is. This is outside of the lottery. A guy that was projected to be top ten, top eight in some. 
You got to take a gamble on that. Especially with where you are right now as far as your team. Is it Nick Nurse that's playing? No, no, no. Who's their coach? Um, uh, email. email. New coach, new system. Get as many guys as you can see, plug and play, figure out what works. I think Cam Whitmore is perfect for that team. I couldn't disagree more. I think I the, know you couldn't disagree more. That's why I saw the stupid ass smirk on your face. I think the Cavs got the steal of the draft with Amani Bates at forty nine. <laughs> on a serious note, I do agree. I, I think they, with a guy projected anywhere from five to ten, you for sure got the steal of the draft at twenty. Hey, we'll but low key, Amani Bates might be summer league MVP. Josh Christopher is going back to back. I don't know if is he Josh Christopher playing again. I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised. The money base is going to shoot it forty-five times for sure. I'm so glad that's who the Grizzlies play first. <laughs> Speaking of the Cavs, by the way, Brian Windhorst said this morning that um, he's hearing a lot of things out of Cleveland. He doesn't want to tease it, but there's some monumental stuff going on. What? <laughs> Isaac Okoro getting traded? No, I think they've been trying to trade Jared Allen. Why? Did you see him in the playoffs? Dude, did you see that entire team in the playoffs? I know. One, Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland suck, too. I, I know, but Jared Allen. I, I would not trade him. I do not think they should, but Cavs fans were raging on him in the playoffs. I would have raged, too. We, they scored 70 points in two playoff games. Yeah. <laughs> like they, hit, they literally broke the record for the NBA for the lowest scoring game, and then they did it again the very next game. Like they... You can't blame just Jared Allen for that. Like, Donovan Mitchell didn't play. Darius Garland didn't play well. Evan Mobley was bad. Like, I mean, your whole team was bad. Yeah, it was our first time. I, I would not want to move on yeah, to Jared Allen. I would not read too I much into that. That's what I from uh, Brian's comments. That's interesting, though. Uh, second true or false statement. Fred Van Fleet will have a Jalen Brunson-type season. I want to say true just, just for fun. Like, he might not. But, I mean, uh, Freddie's capable. Freddie is capable. Like, it's crazy – to me, like, the people that sleep on Fred Van Fleet, like, he is nasty on defense just in the way that he is always in your grill. Like, he just does not go away. And then offensively, this dude can go for 30 any night. Like, I – yeah. True. I think he can. I, I'm just going to say false just because Jalen Brunson, I think he was – it was overpaid, overpaid, overpaid. JB was a borderline all-star this year and I think crucial to uh, the Knicks making the playoffs going from – completely out of the plan to making the playoffs. I don't think it's possible for Fred to have that type of impact. I think he could be a borderline all-star, but I don't know. I, I, I'm just going to say true more or less for fun. Because gotcha. I feel like that could be a fun thing to look at like throughout the season. Because like, that would be a perfect comparison, if depending on what season he has, like that level of Jalen Brunson play. Because that's like the biggest free agent we got out of last year's free agent class. So mm -hmm. I'd be interested to see how that plays out. Chad, be sure to get involved in this. The third true or false statement Jeremy Grant is a needle mover on a title contender. Not going to say a massive needle mover, but a some type of needle mover on a title contender. All right, I'm going to say false on this one. Same. And the reason I'm saying false is because we saw him on a title contender. He was on the Nuggets, and they got rid of him because he wasn't. He played well. He played, no, no, no. He played incredible for them, but all the stats that everybody's like, oh, but he averages 20 points and like eight rebounds. On the Pistons and on the Portland Trailblazers, both non-winning teams. Hey, you ask the Portland Trailblazers right now. They think Damian Lillard, Draymond Green, and Jeremy Grant's going to take them to the promised land. So, I do like Draymond. <laughs> I like uh, side note, I I mentioned the Draymond with Dame fit. I do like it's that. It's a fucking playing team. No, that's, that's language, a playing team. <laughs> no, no, no. That, I'm not saying that team wins. <laughs> I'm saying I'm saying I like the Draymond fit with them. But yeah. Jeremy Grant to me. 
I like Jeremy Grant for like yeah. a Grizzlies, mm-hmm. like a team that does not need a fo- they need a fourth or fifth option, right? And they just need a wing. Like that to me is what his value would be for a championship winning team is a fourth or fifth option. I agree. Kyrie Irving will ask out of Dallas before the end of the year. I'll answer it first. This is 100% true. The reason he left the Brooklyn Nets is because he did not get the bag he wanted. I'm telling you, he's been on a good boy syndrome playing every game he could in Dallas. Getting the bag is what he's going to do, and then we know how easily he gets disgruntled. Him and Luka's not going to work. He's going to act mad around the trade deadline and get traded with that same contract he signed. So he gets the money but gets to leave. I just hope he doesn't get re-signed by them. He will. I, I like – if the question was, is Kyrie Irving going to be in a different jersey by this point next season, I would say true, 1,000%. Yeah. So, in that sense, I'll say true. <laughs> All right. Good. I'm glad. Hey, you and I have been agreeing. The final true-false statement. Chris Stapps will elevate Boston. I do have to go false on this one. Um, I think Boston fans will see a small divot in their win total next season, and it's not because Chris Stapps is not a good basketball player. It's because I think they're – not counting how much Marcus Smart actually meant for that franchise. So I think they will they will struggle more than with Chris Stapps and they will succeed. I agree and it's for a different reason. I I choose to sell him being healthy like he was last season. I'm so buying the historic or the history of his career not being able to stay healthy. That is Jack in the box. Let's get into Coop's corner as I go into Chat. No, nothing. Queso, Elo Shot, Celtics fan. Judy, appreciate you all. Crazy credo. All right. Fun fact I brought four today just all because right. it's summer league time. Talk so. to me, baby. Use a prissy little missy, baby. Go ahead. It's a little Tory Lanes. All right. Uh, so, obviously, Coop's Corner, if you're new to Coop's Corner, I'm going to ask a question that is more personal, but not really like deep. Like, we're just telling you a little bit about our favorite, like why we love sports, like things that we grew up doing in sports. Like, we mentioned a few times, like, what, what was our hype music in sport? What was our favorite sport to play? Stuff like that. So, that question, what was your favorite sports movie growing up? It could be an inspirational movie. It could just be because you love that movie. That's a fantastic question. I know mine now is The Last Dance. I know it's not a movie, but it's That's fine. I'll take that. That's mine right now. As, as a kid growing up, I'm going to think about that. I'm going to toss it to you. All right. Mine is... You're going to laugh, but it's not even a football or basketball or baseball movie. It's actually a golf movie. Um, Legend of Bagger Vance. It's got Will Smith and Matt Damon. Mm. It's it's one of my favorite movies. I just love the like all the undertone like storytelling that they do in that movie. Um, another movie is Invincible with Mark Wahlberg. It's it's based on a true story. Vince Papali played for the Eagles. That's a great movie. I love that one. So I'm going to go like Mike with um, – God, what's that little actor's name? <laughs> Um, Bow Wow, Bow Wow, Bow. Yeah, like like Mike is an absolutely legendary movie. I gotta watch that one, dude. It, it's insane. I'll it's, watch it. It's like it's up there with all time basketball movies. Allen Iverson had a cameo. Chris Webber had a cameo. Uh, like Mike, definitely. Like Mike, Mike. All right. Amazing. Y'all, y'all put what y'all's favorite sports movie is in the chat. All right. Sure. Moving on. Your fourth, your bonus question today. I'll just do this one first. Is a summer league question because uh, for those of y'all that don't know, Jack and I will be attending summer league in Las Vegas this year, and we are going to be so thrilled to be there. Um, so, with that being said, which rookie? And we'll just we'll just open this up. Which player in summer league do you expect to flash the most? But more importantly, like name me a rookie. Like you can name two players, but 
Because if it's not a rookie, that's fine. But which rookie flashes the most in summer league? Chet Holmgren count as a rookie? Is he going to play in summer league? Yep. No, but I'll tell you. I'll say Chet Holmgren first. Um, I'm not going to use Vector Webb and Yama because I think that's ridiculous. He might only play. He might play one game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I just don't think that's uh, valid. I'm going to say Scoot Henderson. Okay, fair enough. Um, he's he's played with that level of talent. I agree. Yeah, and I he think probably will shine. Immediately, he has uh, an advantage over the other players. I completely agree with that. Um, the guy that I'll name you a UDFA just for fun. I think Marquise Noel is going to make a team in summer league. You know the kid that played for Kansas State, right? Like, was he signed with the? Uh, oh, who did he sign with? It might have been the Raptors or somebody like that. I'll look it up and I'll I'll put it in the chat. But that's just a fun pick. But honestly, I do feel like a Scoot Henderson um, or Brandon Miller was going to be the guy I said. Just I do feel like one of those top two guys are really going to like show out in summer league. They might only play one game, but one game might be enough for sure. Um, but if I had to name you a fun guy, it'd be Marquise Noel, or honestly, his teammate Keontae Johnson, because you know I love Keontae, Keontae Johnson. Keontae Johnson is going to be fun to watch. Um, I actually am interested in seeing Gigi Jackson and Amani Bates as well. Oh, absolutely! That's game one for us, I think. Yeah. Do we play the Cavs or is it the Bulls first? It's the Bulls. I think it's the Bulls. It's but the Bulls the and the Cavs. Will be good. The second will be good. All right. Um, we're gonna move over to some NFL. Let's do it. Because I feel like it's been radio silence. Dude, in NFL I can't recently. wait. By the way, after summer league, like once we get through free agency and stuff, preseason, yeah, we're gonna do some division previews. Bro, and you shit. know I love preseason football, dude. I'm so excited. Oh, I love preseason I'm football. So Anywho, there's been two like pretty big fish in the pond that have just it's radio silence right now on where they're going. DeAndre Hop. Where do you, as a fan, as a sports writer, where do you personally want to see DeAndre Hopkins and Dalvin Cook playing next season? I do want to see Bill Belichick bite down and just spend the money on DeAndre Hopkins. Um, Mac Jones needs a number one receiver, especially after the morons calling the plays for him last year. Um, <laughs> and notice that's plural because they did not have one offensive coordinator. It was two. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And they weren't even offensive coordinators. No. They were. One was a special teams coordinator and a defensive coordinator. Yeah, so they, they get him – a solid number one wide receiver. You don't have to commit long term. Just for the first couple years, get Mac Jones uh, used to this league so that he can be the quarterback of the future. And you mentioned Dalvin Cook. I know. Welcome it. I to Miami. I knew it. Welcome to Miami. That's they the need. Fa- they that's need. the fan in him talking. For those of y'all that don't know, well, that's not the sports writer. That's the ha- fan. They have been tied. I know they, they have, have been. been tied. And two. That is the final piece of that offense, of that team. You have Jalen Ramsey and Javon Holland on your back end, Christian Wilkins Wilkins up front defensively, and then on your two uh, outside guys are Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. If you have Dalvin Cook back there, Tua, if you can't succeed in this, bye-bye NFL for you, buddy. I completely agree with your Dalvin Cook landing spot. I was going to say Miami. I knew you were going to say it. That's why I asked oh, this question. I knew you were going to pick Miami. Uh, as far as the D-hop in New England, you I mentioned you two teams. I said I would not be shocked if he ends up in New England or Tennessee Titans because he's going to be like, y'all don't think I'm a number one wide receiver anymore? Watch this. I'm going to go play with two crap quarterbacks, and I'm going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. So those are my two teams for him because those are both the teams that he went and uh, – practice with or whatever or tried out for another team i've seen tied to him is the cleveland browns i think you would like that with uh next year boy elijah moore but i think i'd be a good fit get deshaun watson back to the man he looked like and with an old friend and that one makes sense like yeah. they played together they were incredible together like i'm pretty sure deshaun watson had four thousand yards that one season together so 
That one also makes sense, but I can see a Tennessee or New England more than I can see that one. Give me a Super Bowl champion. Right now? Yep. Kansas City Chiefs, first time back-to-back Super Bowl winners in over 20 years. I'm not going to say who I really want to say because I'll jinx it horribly, and I just can't afford to do that to myself. Dallas Cowboys. Is what um, you're thinking. It's ridiculous. That's, that is who I'm thinking. It's but, ridiculous. Um, I'm actually going to go the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> I love it. To a better play. I don't believe that one bit, but I love it. <laughs> I think it's another first round exit for my it, guys. I don't, it'll probably be a first round exit for my team. That's why I didn't say that. The Super Bowl. <laughs> I want it to be a happy surprise. Yeah. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not expecting anything. I'm not expecting a Super anything. Bowl. <laughs> it's July or June, whatever it is. Um, all right. And then. Oh, oh, one more thing. You're good. Hard Knocks. Cleveland, or the New York Jets did not want to be a part of Hard Knocks, but they are involuntarily. I can't wait to see all the tea that's spilled Who's out there. Who's Hard Knocks this year? It's the Jets. But they didn't want to be a part of it? Yeah. How does that make any sense? Hard Knocks is great. I know, but like they don't want, like, you know, I get it as I a team. It, yeah. You don't want drama and shit out there. But yeah. All right. This one's basketball. Um, not necessarily, they don't have to be rookie of the year. Okay. So obviously this year's rookie of the year was Powell Bancaro. I'm asking you which team will make the biggest impact to winning year one. And the person I put in parentheses, Christian Brown in the finals. Somebody that's going to literally, you're going to look up and be like, oh my God, that dude's a rookie? Mm -hmm. And I mean, Christian Brown played his butt off in the finals. So what is the rookie out of this class that you see making the biggest impact on winning? It could be he only plays eight minutes a game, but who has the biggest impact on a winning team? That is a fantastic question. I'm trying to think later in the draft. Denver ended up with a guy I really liked. Yeah, they ended up with one of my sleepers. Who was it? Hunter Tyson, the sharpshooter out of Clemson. I don't think that's the guy you're thinking of, though. No, it was the back end of the first round. Yeah, hold on, I'm pulling it up. I can't think of his name. And I'm like, and I'm like, yeah, this guy has an effect on winning. Can't even remember his effing name. But that's tough. Denver got a guy I really liked, and Denver is going to be winning a ton. Denver is going to be winning so a ton. Pretty much anybody they drafted, but especially Julian Strother. Yeah, him. I love him. Sure. I, I do I think, love him. I think he'll have the biggest effect. Or, um, you know, like another guy that we could use as an example for this, maybe like a Benedict Mather, and like mm-hmm. he didn't win Rookie of the Year, but he was awesome as a rookie, and he he helped win. Now, granted, the Pacers didn't win that much, but um. Trying to think of who I had. You don't think it's Bilal C? Oh, that's the guy I had. Who? <laughs> oh, Bilal C? <laughs> no, it's not going to be. They won't be the winning. Won't be they winning. won't be winning very much. Um, <laughs> dude, the number one guy I wanted for the Memphis Grizzlies somehow managed to go to a better culture than the Memphis Grizzlies, and he went to the Miami Heat, Jaime Jaquez. Dude, that dude is going to be awesome. I'm sorry. He's going to be awesome. Nikola Jovic, get the hell out the uh, way. Move. <laughs> move, bitch. Get out the way. Dude, Jaime Jaquez, the fact that they got him, you're literally in the finals and you still get one of Like, this is obviously just biased, but, like, you get my favorite player. Yes. Because this dude's footwork is impeccable. This dude always somehow wins. Like, I mean, UCLA was incredible for those two years she that he was there. So, like, I'm excited for them. UCLA. That's all I got. That's all I got, too. What a effing amazing. What a great day. Oh, we should plug. Amazing start. Go follow. If you're not already subscribed to this, subscribe to the YouTube channel. But we got TikToks up and running. We got Instagrams up and running. And we're obviously posting shorts to this channel, Chalk Talk, every single day. So y'all go look up Chalk Talk on all platforms. Yes. Instagram is where we want to make a ton of our announcements. We just launched the Instagram uh, channel. But it is Chalk dot talk with two k's at the end of talk again chalk normally spelled 
talk with two K's at the end of it. Y'all make sure to go follow on Instagram. DM us. Yep. Cooper and I will be responding to every single DM. Chalk, spelt normally, dot talk with two K's on the end of it on IG. Make sure to go out there and do it. And, hey, if you want to DM me on my on my main Instagram, I will respond if you follow Chalk Talk for sure. I'll be sure to give us a follow on there. We have short-form content released on there, and we want to make a ton of announcements uh, there as well. This is a new chapter. Um, for those asking, no, I'm not leaving my other channel. I wanted something that was focused 100% on the podcast with short form to go with it. So it was directly driving the podcast. You look at every other great creator. Um, if you've listened to this podcast for a long time, Cooper and I's favorite is Kenny Beecham. Yep. And he doesn't have, he's not posting his podcast stuff on his, on a, 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 literally an account named Kenny Beecham. He's created through the wire. And now that elevates the other co-host with it. And not only that, it's all for the podcast, and it's able to grow organically through that. That is the reason I did it, and I'm so thankful for the regulars that we have on here. I can't wait to meet you, meet all of you guys one day. And shout out to Cooper um, for continuing to be as uh, consistent as you've been with this. I'm looking forward to Vegas, oh, dude, rubbing Vegas shoulders with Chris Vernon, Kenny, the aforementioned. First so. time? Is this the first time you've been to Vegas, or is it? Uh, I've been as a kid, but you know, yeah, this, this is, is the, the first, first time, time we've been, been to yeah, Vegas. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's the first time I've been. It'll be, no. I've, is Colorado further than Nevada? Uh, no. Nevada's right next to Cali. Okay. This will be the furthest uh, west I've been, too. Yeah, I'm so excited, bro. Direct flight, too, which yeah, is, which is lit. Be, yeah. It's going to be fun. All right. Well, we will be back here Thursday, 5.30 p.m. Central Time. I know it's a Tuesday today. Um, unfortunately, with the new channel and everything, we had to deal with logistics and YouTube yesterday. It's why we were not able to go live on Monday. Yeah, y'all should have seen Jack in the pool after he was so disappointed. Oh, I was so, man I was was, so mad. The man was practically sitting here. I was like holding him like a little baby. He was crying in my shoulder. And then, uh, okay. And then my girlfriend came upstairs and she was like, let's go to the pool. And Jack runs in. He's like, the pool, the pool, the pool. Is that how I went? And then, uh, <laughs> the man like jumped in the pool two seconds after we got there and was like smiling ear to ear. Uh, I was like a little kid. I was it like, was. And I mean, then he comes over to me like after 30 minutes, he's like, all right, I'm, I'm gassed. Yeah, I was definitely gassed. Um, but yeah. All right. Uh, that's all I got. We will be Monday, Thursday, 530 central time. Thank you.